0: listening to single shouldn't suck a podcast about how to love your singleness imagine that i'm your host esther marie and i wrote a book called single shouldn't suck because it really shouldn't being single should not suck it should be an epic adventure and this podcast goes into all of the fun and awkward nuances that encapsulate and are the essence of the season of singleness It's podcast time. How are you doing? I'm so excited to be sharing today's topic. And uh actually the other day I made a really funny TikTok that I want to share with you guys. Um if you don't follow me on TikTok, you really need to because honestly, I, I just bring the comedy relief <laughs> I do. Like I talk about serious things, but I'm very satirical if that's a word very comedic value there. Um, But then of course, we tackle some hard things. A lot of what I share is clickbait to stir the pot a bit. But all in all, it's in good fun. And I really um, use kind of some controversial topics in order to kind of get a backdoor entrance into conversation with people who maybe really do need to talk about some of these things and tackle some of these misbeliefs in Christian culture, especially singleness and dating culture today. But today's topic, I'm going to be diving into unpacking some of the misbeliefs of purity culture that we grew up with and how to embrace God's design for our singleness and really reframe this idea of purity. (sighs) What a big topic. Honestly, this is is like the nucleus of my book, first of all. I've started off in the introduction talking about how I grew up during a time where everyone in Christendom was kissing, dating goodbye. You know, if you are a millennial, then I'm sure you've read that book by Joshua Harris. And honestly, he gets too much crap for it. I'm going to say this purity movement was not riding on the shoulders of Joshua Harris. Like There is a lot going on in the church and just in the world at that time. And we have to remember that. God is bigger than all of these things, but that we are flawed as humans and we're gonna make mistakes and we're going to get off into error when we're creating our own pathway into the heart of God and into into his love and grace. You know, that that never ends well when we're trying to earn our way or build an idol of worship, right? And sometimes the idols that we build come with this facade of religion, like religion, meaning a good thing, meaning pointing to God, right? Today in my devotional, I was reading about how the Israelites were waiting for Moses to come down from the mountain with the commandments from God. And they got frustrated and irritated and impatient. And they had Joshua, um, or was it Aaron? I can't remember. One of those guys build a calf for them, a statue for them to worship and make sacrifices to, And they just, they just, you know, gave up on trusting God's way. Right. And so I think, and, and sometimes they just wanted to do the right thing or they wanted to, we need a God. So, and God's like taking too much time or, or we don't know what's really going on. So we need to find, figure it out for ourselves. Anytime we want to just carry the, just this whole burden of life on our own shoulders and figure it out for ourselves and make our own pathway into heaven or relationship with God, it never goes well. So let's just take a few steps back, rewind, and talk about some of these things that were introduced during the early 90s. Okay, there was a lot going on in the world. I'm not getting to all of the details, but you know, we're coming out of this big sexual revolution where hippie, hippie movement. And there's just, it's just insanity, insanity, right? Everyone's kind of just doing whatever they feel is right, doing whatever they think is right. And there's nothing new under the sun. This isn't the first time that this has happened. There's record of this in the Bible. In fact, in that exact passage where the Israelites were just disobeying God, they just began to just, it says they indulged in revelry. And so that's the exact same state uh, that the world was at, or at least North America during that time. And so also there was a move of God happening where the spirit of God was being poured out and people were getting saved like crazy. It was called the Jesus People Movement. And this is where Chuck Smith founded Calvary Chapel and um, just so many Incredible men that were men and women, who were hungry for the Holy Spirit, and just ultimately, at the end of the day, God was pouring out His Spirit in a unique way, and and people were hungry for freedom, true freedom and peace, and they were at one point partaking of this um, sexual freedom, and now here's God and He's saying, hey, here's the real deal, the full component of what you're looking for. So, you got to think back to that time where. All of our parents, if you're a millennial, all of your our parents during that time were getting saved, right? If you grew up in a Christian home, they probably got saved during the Jesus People movement. They were probably previous hippies. My mom was a hippie. She will not tell me what her hippie name was, but she was a hippie and she got saved really radically. Both my parents did. And they just had this crazy 180 turn where they just experienced the love of God in such a really radical way that... There was no question about it. There was no turning back. This was God, I, you have all of me, whatever it takes. I turn my back on the world and I choose you. And it was really powerful, this move of God that was happening. And there was a really genuine hunger for righteousness. But at the same time, it takes a journey in order to navigate some of the things that pertains to the walk with Christ, right? Where we're, we are made new, um, in an instant in the love of God, right? When we accept Jesus um, into our life and we ask him to be the king of our heart, that's beautiful. And if you're listening to, that, to this and, and maybe you don't embrace this, this same faith background, I hope you hang in there to understand where I'm going with this, but this is a central piece to what I believe has impacted our society, at least you know our subculture of dating, and then I would say an even more subculture of that Christian dating and singleness. And so a lot of what happened in history affects our belief system, our structure and um, methods by which we engage with community, engage with social activities and dating and how we feel about ourselves, right? So it's all comes down to our belief systems. So at this time, Everyone's Kissing Dating Goodbye, the book that was written by Joshua Harris, it was heavily, heavily focused on courting and a lot of weird (laughs) concepts in there, which courting is fine, you want to court, go for it. But the, the idea was that you know, marriage is the goal at the end of the day. And you shouldn't be dating if you're not ready to get married. And if you are ready to get married, then you needed to go meet with the father of the girl of your intent and ask him out for you know uh, an arranged conversation for an arranged marriage i guess and and then maybe you could go on um a chaperone date with the girl of your interest for tea and crumpets or something equally colonial aged and it was just it was a it was an interesting time okay we came from a weird era and and it's okay i just want to just put it out there hey we're going to be okay we are okay there it the genuine desire for righteousness that this movement had, I really believe that at the center of it, it was pure. The motives were pure, desiring to to just serve God and honor God and, and honor Him with our bodies. But we really did start building an idol out of all of this. The centerpiece for this entire conversation began to um, be uh, framed around our virginity, so virginity being the epicenter of our purity. And if you weren't a virgin, then you were no longer pure, and you no longer had God's blessing. And so, and then your future relationships were doomed. And if you, you know, got married, then your marriage wouldn't be as blessed. And if you wanted the ultimate blessing, then you had you had to stay a virgin. And and I don't disagree with the with the belief that God has given us our sexual um, identity as, as something to guard and something to allow him to guide and navigate us with. But, um, oh my goodness, I absolutely do not (laughs) embrace the belief that, that it is the centerpiece for my salvation or my purity by God's grace. There is so much more to purity that is all about the heart and the, and just really believing, um, or really entrusting our entire being to, Jesus right and so there's just so much we can unpack there but yeah the motive was good there was this hunger for righteousness and I would say that you know I actually came out of that movement I wore the purity ring on my ring finger like I was married to Jesus I dated Jesus every time anyone said that you know oh are you dating anyone I'm like yeah I'm dating Jesus and he is going to Amazon Prime me my future husband so just don't worry about it it's going to happen just randomly one day. And I think that there's an innocence to that that's beautiful. And then I also think that there is um, an ignorance to that that actually is very limiting in what God wants to do in my life and in your life. And so I think that we need to just stop trying to make all these rules we all try to make these rules to live by in order to get the thing we want or think that we need to please God. God doesn't want to give us rules. He wants to give us revelation. I was actually um taking a nap yesterday, trying to at least, and I laid my head down on the pillow and I kept hearing God speak to me and he just he just began to download this these ideas. And he said, rules create fences that say do not enter, but revelation invites us into greater freedom. Rules build fences to keep us safe out of fear, but revelation builds boundaries to empower our experience of life. I don't want rules to follow. I want revelation to live by. Rules are the to-do list of just trying to do all the right things in order to access his blessing. And that's such a non-biblical approach to the heart of God. God never once gives us these set of rules in order to access his heart. I will say in the Old Testament, he did give us the 10 commandments, right? He gave us the 10 commandments to live by, which are a set of rules in a sense. But that was before he sent us Jesus. Jesus came to check off all of the rules, the the to-do list. He checked it all off and he said, in me, you now have full access to the revelation of the love of God. Man, that's powerful. I don't know about you, but that is powerful to me because I can tend to get in this productive mindset where I feel like I... I do need to do all of these things to be pure, to earn things from God and, and to, um, to just feel like I'm pleasing to him. But the beautiful thing in relationship with Jesus is, is that I get to live in a constant revelation of him in a constant revelation of how much he loves me and how much I'm accepted by him. And there's nothing I can do to earn his love. There's nothing I can do to make my life more pure. He makes me pure. He's the one that guards my purity, that that cleanses me as white as snow. He took away my sins. I, I couldn't take away my sins by myself. The Ten Commandments can't take away my sins. But the revelation of the Messiah is what invites me into a life of freedom. I'm literally getting so emotional just thinking about it because i've lived my whole life up until my late 20s feeling so inadequate feeling so rejected by everyone around me and by my and of myself i rejected myself and i always felt not good enough for god but that's crazy because i've 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 lived like such a good life i'm not trying to do my own horn but i never had a rebellious stage i was such an obedient child i Literally went to Bible school twice and I've been so um, immersed in the things of God. But yeah, at the same time, I carried this this burden of of feeling like I needed to be perfect. And it's because I was trying to live by a set of rules and not live in a state of wonder and revelation of who Jesus is and how much he loves me. So getting back to this concept of purity and the misbeliefs that we've embraced, you know, over time, this purity movement, purity culture. You know, people were we were signing purity cards that said we wouldn't have sex until we got married, and we were they pounded them into the into stakes in the National Mall in Washington. And I went to a purity conference and I signed a contract at 13 years old. I wouldn't have sex. I didn't even know what sex was. Like, I mean, this was wild. There were purity balls, and dads taking their little girls, and you wear the white dress and you know, it was, it really, it had good intent That's what I'm trying to say is I'm not hating. I'm, there, there's no resentment towards this movement. But what I'm saying is we have misappropriated purity and we attached it to something that was not an accurate definition of it. And now I believe God is restoring that, and He's saying this is true purity: walking humbly before me, living fully transparent as a follower of Jesus, not trying to put on an air about yourself that you are all—you were all, you all that—because you're still a virgin, and and you know you're you're gaining brownie points with God because you're not dating, and it's just all of these rules that we make up for ourselves. God is saying, Hey, no, no, none of that. Let's wipe it all clean. Let's get back to me and where why I've called you to live in holiness. And I believe a revelation of holiness is what's going to transform our mind and our heart to gain, to regain a passion for righteousness. Righteousness is loving God the way that he requires. Living in holiness then positions us in righteousness. Jesus is the one that gave us full access to a relationship with God, right? So Jesus makes us righteous. Not all the works that we're doing, not all the rules that we're following. Jesus gives us righteousness, meaning right standing with God and and acceptance from God. I think that's the best way to put it. It's just fully belonging to and full acceptance from God. And... In that relationship, we have to follow the way in which God desires to be loved. And we all desire to be loved in a beautiful way. Some of us, our love language is physical touch, acts of service, you know, words of encouragement. And God has a, a pathway of following, a following as a Jesus follower. He has a pathway into his heart that requires us to love him a certain way. And not having sex before a covenant relationship is one of those ways that God has said, Hey, this is, this is what holiness looks like. And I'm not going to get into all the details of, you know, um, living sexually moral. That, that's not what this, pur- the purpose of this podcast, but the whole goal is that we would get back to a center where we would say, okay, Jesus, you are the one that I am anchoring into you. I anchor my purity into you. You're the one that defines it for me, not a podcast, not the things of this world, not the movies, not what my friends say, not these ideas that we've clung to, that we've somehow sunk our identity into. And then now all of a sudden, now we're grown up and we're deconstructing all of our beliefs and losing ourselves and losing our faith and losing our trust in you, God. No, I'm going to put it back in Jesus. I'm going to say, Jesus, you are the one that gets to show me how to live this out and how to love you the way that you require of me. And I think that's really powerful. I believe that when we make that shift into fully trusting into Jesus, then we let go of our set of rules and we can embrace a life of revelation. There's so much freedom in that. We tear down the walls now that we've set up that maybe have been hindering you from dating or maybe have been hindering you from being fully committed to people or committed to even like your job or the calling that's on your life. When we can let go of our roles and put, place our identity in a revelation of who God is and who he made us to be, then now we can live in boundless, limitless life. Now we can have the boundaries that are set for us, but boundaries are not limiting. Boundaries empower us. If I'm on the highway and there are guardrails keeping me from falling off, I'm not feeling limited by those guardrails. I don't want to jump off. I don't want my car to tumble over and fall into the next highway going down. I want to be empowered by those guardrails and those boundaries to keep me going 90 miles per hour down the 405. Okay, I go a little bit slower than that, don't you worry. <laughs> but sometimes the hat would be going that fast. But boundaries empower us. They don't limit us. Rules limit us. Rules are our way of just trying to feel like we belong. And so I really want to empower us all today to not feel like we need to look back on our history and feel like we need to erase it. There was this guy that commented on my post the other day and he said, if only I had a time machine. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? Honestly, look how God's using it. I believe, you know, that even though that has influenced the state at which the church is at right now, I really believe that God is saying, hey, I'm using it all. I'm actually gonna use what the enemy meant for distortion and confusion and, lies of deception. And I'm going to take all of that and I'm going to bring such a powerful wave of revelation on my people that it's going to erupt in an overflow of salvations, just like we saw in the Jesus people movement. Now, I want to point out a couple things that I really believe we fall into certain categories from this movement. and, And it's something that I really want us to be proactive about in identifying where we fall and how we've been impacted. I think there's a lot of guys that have um, come out of this movement that are afraid of asking girls out because they feel like, well, if I'm not ready to get married and I'm not sure how to end this relationship, then there's no way I'm going to start one. So I'm not going to ask her out for coffee because I just don't know if it's going to end in a serious relationship. So there's a lot of timidity. There's a lot of hesitation there. Then I've, I see another set of guys where they're so adamant about getting married and um, obsessed and totally idolize and fantasize the concept of marriage. And so straight out the gate, they want to wife you up. And that, again, is so not in that's not pure right there. That is not a pure motive. That is just straight, purely um, objectifying just this process that God actually created obviously he didn't create like dating right but we we morphed and evolved into it as a culture and now God is saying hey i'm in i'm in this i you know we need to honor the time and the season of relationship and so we need to not objectify each other let let's pursue intently but let's not be so intense that we're scaring each other away so, yeah, I see I see that happening in our culture. And then on the women's side, I see um, women who are so eager to get married at 15. That's how I was. I thought, you know, OK, 16 latest, I'll be married. <laughs> I mean, I was homeschooled. I was ready to go. I was bored out of my mind. But like we are so obsessed with the idea of getting married as women because, yeah, that's just that longing to be a mother, to be a wife and and to that steward that desire from family. But I think it's also a result of our lack of um, imagination in dreaming into the life that God has for us and trusting that it's so much greater than just getting married, not not to downplay the beauty of that, but that's part of it. But it's by no means the end all be all. And it's by no means the ultimate satisfaction. So we need to really recalibrate what what we are looking for in marriage. Because I asked a young girl the other day, I was mentoring, I said, what do you look forward to most in getting married? Because she really wants to get married. And she's in um, in the process of going through a breakup. And she said, You know, I just love the idea of being unconditionally loved by someone and coming home to them every single day and knowing that they're not going anywhere. And I said, well, do you have that kind of relationship with Jesus? And she said, no. And it's just funny to me because I'm like, wow, we are being offered the very thing that we long for in marriage. We're being offered it right now through Jesus. And we miss it because it's not packaged in this Hollywood romantic Nicholas Sparks movie. We, and we don't realize that that Nicholas Sparks movie is an absolute like short fuse when it comes to the true definition of love and the true definition of connection and relationship, which is a journey. So I think that there's just this misappropriation of expectation and what we're looking for in marriage. We actually God wants to give us right now in a different way. So there's these girls that, yeah, we're eager to get married and we want it now because we want to feel loved. And then there are these other girls that I see that have been impacted by this message that we are um, just living crazy lives. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure, and I know that, you know, those guys that are hesitant to get married as well, just a lot of rebellion. And it's because shame Has wrapped itself around this message. During this movement, there was just so much shame and guilt and fear that people used in order to really gaslight young people um, into living this pure, quote unquote, lifestyle and just don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. When really, it's like God's not a God of fear. He says, There is no fear in love. And if you do experience fear, you are not perfected in love. So shame, fear, and just all this guilt wrapped around the message of, uh, you know, singleness and dating, it's caused so many young people to just live recklessly and disassociate the eternal from this beautiful life connection that God wants to give us. So, I mean, that's my... Totally non psychological opinion of where I see us evolving over time and how I see the church. And there's another category of new believers getting saved now that are like, Why are you guys being so weird about dating? (laughs) And so I think we need to just level the playing field again and, and just press reset and redefine this whole thing. And I really believe that it starts with revelation revelation about who God is, who Jesus is and who he made us to be. And how do we get there? How do we get revelation of the true heart of God and lose these these rules that we've created and lose this religious mindset of trying to earn our way into the blessing of God? I believe it all comes back to our intimate personal relationship with God and taking a inventory, taking inventory of of what we believe, taking inventory of the ideas that we have picked up over time and have snowballed our own ethos into and how we've now projected that onto the world and how we integrate into society and how we date or how we handle our singleness. You know, I really challenge you to take inventory of your heart and your beliefs. I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm not saying don't court. If God wants is putting that on your heart to court, by all means, go for it. What I am saying is there's no rules in order to get to this promised land experience of marriage and dating and just this life instead there is an invitation into the revelation of who god is in the life he has for you it's so much greater than we could ever imagine. And so, my prayer for you today is that if you have been limited by these beliefs, if you've been living in shame or fear or lies of deception from this purity culture movement, and maybe you felt resentful, maybe you felt bitter, maybe you've been really inundated with toxicity because I know there's crazy stuff out there, like really crazy, weird stuff. If you've experienced any of this, I just speak freedom over you right now and healing over you right now. And I pray that God, you would pour out your spirit upon whoever is listening right now. God, I pray that you would begin to just recenter your heart for that person, that they would feel your love above everything else, that every voice of fear would be silenced in Jesus name, that everyone at the sound of my voice right now would begin to feel just this melting off of false religion, of false idols that they have built in replace of you, God, that they would take take away any other gods that they've had before you and place you Jesus as the king of their heart and that they would experience true revelation of the Messiah that they wouldn't feel like they have to earn your approval God but they would feel like an invitation is being directly sent to them from heaven and and inviting them into a promised life an empowered life of love and true freedom. And that they would release their rules to you, God, that they wouldn't feel like there is a burden on their shoulders to get it all right or have all the right answers or do everything the right way. But that the revelation of who Jesus is is going to empower them to live righteously because of just how much you are so obsessively in love with them. God, let your love pour out on them in such a new and defining way in Jesus name. Well, I hope this encourages you today. I know this is a bit heavy and just a conversation that honestly, it, if we don't have it enough, there's not a fresh perspective on it that doesn't have some underlying bitterness to it. So I hope this this was just exactly what you needed today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means so much to me that you would take time out of your day uh, to be. Tune into to this podcast and be a part of this community. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast. That means so much to me. It helps my ratings go up. And follow me on Instagram. I'd love to connect. My Instagram handle is at Estes, E-S-T-E, and then four S's. And if you haven't already bought the Single Shouldn't Suck book, let me just tell you, I go into really in-depth detail of this, and I take you along my whole journey of all the beliefs that I had, I mean, it was layers and layers and layers of this that I really had to work through. And I really believe it's gonna bring freedom to you. So you can get that either on Amazon Prime or at singleshouldn'tsuck.com. Hope you have an amazing week and so excited for the next time we gather on this podcast